Hello, and thank you for joining us today. As always, it is such a pleasure and a blessing to be with you. Today, we're going to be talking about challenges. We're going to be talking about overcoming the storm and the challenges in our lives. Have you dealt with a challenge in your life? Have you or are, current, are you currently in a storm in your life? Are you fighting for a way to overcome your storm? Today, we're going to be exploring that. We're going to look at something that happened to the Apostle Paul and how he dealt with it. And we're going to gain strength and wisdom from the Word of God. So if you're following along with us, please join us. We'll be in the book of Acts, chapter 27. We'll start in verse 9, and it says, We have lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was too late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and a danger to all of our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and to the owner than to Paul. You see, Paul was going to Rome. He was on board this ship as a prisoner, and he was advising the ship's captain and the ship's owner not to set sail because God had given him a message that if they set sail on this particular, at this particular time, that they would immediately run into a vicious storm. However, they did not listen to Paul. And we notice here in verse 20, it says how severe the storm became. It says that the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was gone. Now, that's a mighty storm. And I don't know, you know, metaphorically, this is using a, a, a storm. And the, the symbolism here is that there's a, there's a true storm, but we all face challenges. And these storms can, can be a literal storm in this situation or it can be challenges in, in our lives. And this last part here where it says, until all hope was lost. You know, many of us have dealt with challenges in our life. You know, and at first, the challenges start. And sometimes we think, oh, I've got this, I I can deal with this, and as time drags on, sometimes those challenges become bigger and bigger, and soon our our challenge is a giant, or in in this case, it is a storm that you cannot see the sun, and you cannot see the stars, and that in itself is a mighty storm, but when it becomes the worst is when hope is lost. As Christians, we should never lose hope. Because he is for us. But these people on the ship, they had lost all hope. There was no way out. There was no encouragement or positivity in their situation. That is when you know you're in the very darkest part of the storm. You know those situations where, where at first you think, oh, I, this isn't going to get so bad. And sometimes they don't. But other times the storm just becomes so raging. So we pick up here in verse 21. It says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided the damage and the lost. He says, But take courage. I'll repeat that again. He says, But take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down, 
For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to all those sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on this island. Now, this is an exciting story. This is a a story about the storm that, that Paul is in. And the interesting part about this story is if you read it, there's so much so much dedicated this 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 chapter there's so much that's dedicated to telling the part of the the storm and, and it almost makes you feel like you're on board talking about the storm and that you couldn't even see the the sun or you couldn't see the stars and, and this entire chapter and it, it's quite lengthy and I believe that the reason the Bible uses so much time to explain the storm is is to get across to us about us walking in the storm. You see, there's so much that takes place in the entire book of Acts. If you were to write down all the actions that, that took place for the book of Acts, there, there wouldn't be enough libraries in the world to contain all the words to explain everything that needed to be told. But when we look at this chapter and when we look at what it's telling us here, there's a deeper underlying tone to the story that we can that we can take across that we can take a, a, away from this. And there's three things that I want to cover today when we talk about overcoming our storm. Number one is this is that God will guard over us in the storm. Just like he guarded over Paul in the storm. No matter what your storm is, at the end of the day God is with us. So I want to go back here a little bit. In verse 22 it says, "But take courage." Amazing. Don't forget that. Take courage. In the middle of all of the storm, when all hope may seem to be lost, where people are throwing up their hands and, and expecting in this storm that they may die or that they may give up or whatever the case may be, Paul says, take courage. There in verse 24, he says, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down for last night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood and told me, Don't be afraid. God took care of Paul. And through him taking care of Paul, Paul was able to encourage others. God took care of the Apostle Paul in the midst of that storm. And here we see Paul taking care of everyone else. Telling them, take courage. Giving them hope in God. Giving giving him the opportunity to evangelize to everyone that's here. A prisoner. Think about that. Paul is a prisoner on this ship. Paul is faithful in the storm. He just couldn't wait to see what God was going to do. Paul knew. He told them, hey, don't go. But Paul knew. He knew he had a destiny. He knew he had a mission. He knew he had to stand before Caesar. So it didn't matter what they did. Paul knew that he was going to be seen through the storm. Paul couldn't wait to see what, how God was going to use this storm to glorify himself because all things work to glorify God. This just gave Paul another opportunity to share testimony with those that were on board. Paul was a true Christian. This is someone who is in faith 
This is someone who is in prayer. This is someone who is who's close enough and intimate with God to be able to speak to these people, to encourage them, to give them hope. He's the kind of man who could shine on ignorance and teach it. He could shine on coldness and warm it. He, he could shine on sadness and cheer it up. He could shine on suffering and comfort it. Paul stands on the deck of this ship knowing that God is guarding him in the midst of the storm because he can stand on what God has told him. Now, sometimes storms come to us based upon our own decisions. Now, obviously, Paul is faced in the midst of a storm based upon other people's decisions, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But there are times where we face storms based upon our own decisions. We take Jonah, for instance. Jonah got himself into a storm. God can always use a storm even if we are being disobedient to get us back on the path. And that is a very hard way to deal with it. If you're familiar with this story, he got into a storm because of his disobedience to God. We all know we don't want to be disobedient to God. God had told Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah went the opposite direction. God can use a storm to get us back to where he wants us to be. He is a loving God. We are bought with such a high price. God will use whatever measures, even if he needs to use someone else, to see to it that his will is done. But I do promise one of the quickest ways to find ourselves in a storm is by not following the truth of what God tells us to do. You say, well, many of us would say, well, I would never, if God told me to go do something, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go do that. I would never do that. And my question to you is, is this, you're right. A lot of the times we would never tell God no, but it's not necessarily what we say. It's by our actions. Do our actions fall in line with what we are telling God? Because our actions speak much louder than our words. You see, Jonah turned and went this opposite way, and he got on a ship and it was headed in the wrong direction. He was fleeing God. And the Bible says that the Lord created a storm for Jonah. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in any storm that the Lord creates. Finally, on this ship, the people that are on the ship, they figure out that the, the, the problem is, is Jonah. That's why they're, they have the storm. And, and Jonah says, hey, throw me over the side. And, and the people throw Jonah over the side. And as soon as they throw Jonah over the side, it says the storm ceases. And this big fish comes up and, and swallows Jonah. And for three days, Jonah was, was in that fish. And he prayed. And then the fish, after three days, spit him up on the shore. And then once again... God told him, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And guess what happened? Jonah went to Nineveh. As I mentioned before, sometimes we're in storms that are not caused by us, but we still walk through those storms in faith. You know, young people, a lot of the times, young people may find themselves in a storm based upon the decisions of their parents. Sometimes we're in a storm based upon the decisions of our employer or our spouse, or even sometimes we're in the midst of a storm based upon the decisions of our government or those that are ruling over us. 
But Paul, as I mentioned, is in this storm by none of his own choosing. And so here, God is guarding Paul in this storm. So when you're facing a storm, there are three things that I want you to take away from this. Number one is, is this. We must find counsel in the right people. First, we have to have faith. Next, we have to find counsel in the right people. We see here in the story that it says that here's this man of God, Paul, and he says to the centurion, don't go. And the centurion turns to the owner of the ship and says, what do you think we ought to do? And he says, I think we ought to go. And so he rejected the counsel of Paul. So think about that. This is worldly counsel. And this, this works. This is symbolic with exactly us trying to get counsel out in the world. Here it is, is that Paul gets, Paul tells them that not to go. And the worldly counsel was, well, everything looks fine. It even talks about how they looked at, at the weather. Everything seemed fine. They also, it talks about they did not want to sit there through uh, another winter, so it was it was time to go ahead and go. It felt comfortable, right? It felt comfortable to go. So we have to have faith. We have to seek counsel. And sometimes, number three is, we have to not take the path of least resistance. So many times in the world, the church takes the path, or individuals in the church take the path of least resistance. And sometimes we cannot take the path of least resistance. Sometimes we have to go to Nineveh. Sometimes, for no fault of our own, we have to go through the storm. But back to number one is, no matter what happens, whether we choose it and we repent and turn around and we go to Nineveh, or whether we're in the midst of a storm for nothing that we do, number one is, is that we have to have faith. We have to have faith. Because we know that He is for us. You know, it's interesting when we talk about the world and when we talk about looking at the majority. You know, we live in a a very interesting time right now. And Paul here, you know, you could say, well, let's take a vote. What would have happened if they would have chose to, to take a vote? Would the bolt have left then? The Bible tells us there was 276 people that were on board. From what we can tell, Paul, Luke, and Paul's other companions were probably the only ones that might have said, hey, let's not go. Maybe there were some more. But the overwhelming majority would have said, yeah, let's go. Let's go. But the world majority is seldomly right in the eyes of God. We must always seek God. So the story goes on and just how the angel had told Paul. It ended up being exactly like it was. The boat ran ashore, the boat was ruined, and every person made it to shore. Every person was saved, just like the angel had told Paul. 
the story goes on from there. They met some native people to the land. Paul is even bit by a viperous snake and the natives are expecting him to die. And when they realize that he's not going to die because God had other plans for Paul, they even revere that uh, maybe Paul is a god. But if you don't take anything away from today, I want you to take away these two things. Our faith comes by hearing, and that hearing is the Word of God. When we feel like all hope is lost, or we're in a situation, and I'm sure you have your own story, where you feel like there's nowhere left to go. There's nowhere left to turn. We must always turn to God. It's the place we should start first. But we should always turn to God. We must turn to God's Word. We must be constantly involved in God's Word. And for the church, and when I say church, I, I just mean a worldwide fellow of believers, local, all the way to worldwide. We have to be in the Word of God. I heard a statistic earlier this week was that the average pastor is in the Word 15 minutes a day. Only. The average pastor spends 15 minutes a day in the Word. Now, if the average pastor is only in the Word 15 minutes a day, can you imagine a person that is not a pastor of a church. How much time are they spending in the Word? How strengthened are they by their faith? So I encourage you today, be in the Word. It will help you build your faith. Not only will it teach us how to live and shape our mind of how we're supposed to, to act and live and live in holiness and obedience to God, but will also supernaturally encourage us by our faith. And the second thing that I want you to take away from today is that we must pray. To intimately know anyone, we have to spend time with them. When we spend time with them, we understand their characteristics. We understand that person. We become close to that person. It is not just enough to pray it isn't, and not read the Word. It is not just enough to read the Word and to not pray. We have to read the Word and we have to pray. And all of that will draw us closer to God. And when we pray, we don't just pray asking for, need, for things. We pray in solitude, experiencing God and asking God to reveal Himself to us. Not that it's wrong to ask for things, but God is not some sort of a drive-up window can lay our needs out before the Lord. But after that, we need to humble ourselves and be quiet before the Lord. So I hope this message has encouraged you. I want to pray for you right now. If you're in the midst of a storm or if you are trying to heal from a storm that has happened in the past, I want to pray for you. Because we all know, too, that we have, to, we have at any time, we need to strengthen our faith because one thing we do know is there is another storm coming. We have an enemy. We have an enemy that is trying to, to steal, kill, and destroy. 
and by us taking up our shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, through Christ we can be victorious. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the faith and example of this of this the story of what happened to Paul and and how he was able to speak life into others but but he was able to be resolute and faithful in the time of total crisis. And Lord, I pray that in our times of of total crisis that our faith would just abound and it would abound more. I pray that everyone that would acknowledge right now that they're in a storm or they know there's a storm that's going to come in the future or something they need to get over from the past, that they can lay it at your feet and know, Lord, that you are in control of all things. We humbly lay ourselves before you. And we just ask, what would you have us to do? I pray, Lord, that you would give strength and courage to those people that are, that are in the storm. Strength and courage to be more in your word, to pray, to seek you. To have more faith, to be a life speaker to those people that are around them. So that you can be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, subscribe, whatever your choice of social media so that this message can reach more people for Christ. God bless you.